This is the multi-voice text-to-speech podfic reading of Mind Mooney by Ms. Alex W.P., composed by Burning Aurora. You look hot. The voice was smooth and deep, and burned through Remus's blood like warm whiskey shot straight into his veins. It was a voice fine-tuned to do damage, just like the rest of him, head-to-toe trouble in leather and tattoos, with a wicked grin and sparking eyes of silvery blue. Tall, dark, and dangerous is what he was, or what he would have been if he'd waltzed up to Remus like that a decade ago, the kind of man who could ruin him in a single night if he wasn't careful. Excuse me, Remus asked, leaning against the bar onto his elbow and taking a careful sip of his single malt. Fuck those eyes. They looked like what smoking used to feel like, and what Remus wouldn't give for a cigarette. It's as hot as a goddamn furnace in here. The man called over the raging guitars and drums. He leaned against the bar, too, beautiful and devastating in the dark club, crowding into Remus's space and ordering another round for both of them with a nod of his head and a wink to the bartender. Everyone around you is dancing and sweating, and you're wearing a bloody cardigan. I had to come over and say hello. So let me get this right. You're commenting on the temperature? Remus asked, cocking an eyebrow. Isn't that just one step away from talking about the weather? The man stared at him for a beat, then threw back his head and laughed, loud and unguarded. He threw back his whiskey too. I'm serious. Remus. Two dogs, then. It didn't take long after that. They were hot and wanting, scraping teeth and raking fingernails, stumbling out of the club into the cool October night, Sirius pushing Remus against the alley wall. A thigh thrust between Remus's legs, one hand gripping the back of his neck, the other running callous fingers under the thin cotton of his t-shirt, over his bare waist, up his back. Remus's head tipping against the brick, Sirius's mouth finding his exposed throat in an instant, sucking hard against the throbbing vein, licking over his collarbone, teeth sharp and kneading, their mouths crashing together again, slick lips and licking tongues, devouring, starving, desperate. Remus's cock straining and throbbing, Sirius's hand palming him over his corduroys, wrapping his fingers around him with a chest-deep moan. Fuck. Sirius growled against Remus's skin, his lips swollen and slick on his neck. Fuck, I want you. Remus only nodded, his voice stolen by the siren. He opened his mouth to say something. What, what could he say? But Sirius licked and moaned into it before his brain could piece together words sucking his lower lip, rolling his hips, pressing their cocks together through too much fabric. I, upstairs, Sirius panted. I live upstairs. From the club. Yes, Remus finally gritted out, his hands tied on Sirius's arse, tugging him closer, feeling Sirius's rock-hard cock pressing against him, knowing, right then, in his bones, in his lungs, his blood, his teeth, that he needed this man like he needed oxygen. They crashed up the dark, winding stairwell, tripping over each other's feet, Sirius's combat boots, Remus's leather loafers, and fell through the door of the flat small kitchen, ripping the clothes off each other's bodies with every step, dropping them onto the floor, on the chair, in the hallway. Who gives a fuck where? Sirius was divinity-given human breath, too magnificent to fully take in, blinding, like an eclipse, and Remus was enthralled by his immaculate, sharply carved beauty. 
the way his black hair fell like liquid obsidian over his broad shoulders, the way his muscles rippled under his tattooed skin, the way his body was graceful and powerful all at once. And incredibly, Sirius seemed to want to devour him, too. God, Remus, fuck, I need you now. Sirius moaned, biting at Remus's lips, pulling at his hair, scratching at his skin, too eager to be slow or soft. And there was nothing soft or slow about what they did to each other in Sirius's dark bedroom, with Remus's hand curved around the back of Sirius's thigh, pressing it upward, fingertips bruising the delicate pale skin, his cock sliding into Sirius's hot, tight body so perfectly that Remus saw bright white behind his eyelids, as though Sirius was truly his namesake star, burning and glowing underneath him. There was nothing gentle about the way Sirius scraped his fingernails down Remus's back and met each pounding, punishing thrust with a downward thrust of his own, calling out, Fucking yes, God. With every slam of Remus's hips against his arse, every drag of Remus's thick cock over his prostate. There was nothing slow about the way Remus flipped Sirius onto his stomach, whimpering and begging, as Remus slid a hand underneath him, yanking him up, chest to back, slick with sweat, and sank into him again, deeper this time, impossibly deep. Sirius tipped his head back, arching harder, demanding still more, and Remus answered him with a slide of fingers around Sirius's finely boned throat, a clamp of teeth into the meat of Sirius's shoulder. Sirius came untouched like that, trembling and crying out, clenching around Remus's cock and falling apart in his arms. Remus! Sirius sobbed, and it was that, hearing his own name tumbling out of that beautiful, ruined mouth, that sent Remus hurtling toward the most powerful orgasm of his life, obliterating his senses as he throbbed and emptied, with Sirius, Sirius, Sirius scratching, clawing its way through his chest. He collapsed, dropping onto the warm limbs underneath him, and Sirius let out a happy, sated sigh at the added weight, a delirious little sound that was almost as beautiful as the desperate moans that Remus had dragged out of him before. Sirius reached awkwardly underneath himself to find Remus's arm that was still wound around his chest and the hand that still ghosted across his collarbone, then threaded their fingers together, pressing into Remus's hand and holding both of their palms to his pounding heart. You feel so good on top of me. Sirius mumbled into the pillow, fuck drunk and sleepy in the shadowy space. I can't believe I found you. Remus might have wondered more at this statement had Sirius not rolled his head to the side just then. His black hair fell away in elegant strands, exposing the long column of his beautiful neck, which he arched toward Remus, an open invitation that Remus accepted without much thought. Without any thought, really, which was so unlike himself, Remus would think later. But not now. Now, he was at home in this bed content to lay tangled up in Sirius and drag his lips and tongue lazily over the gorgeous curve of his neck and the refined dip of his shoulder. Now, he was happy to let Sirius pull their joined hands down to his hip bone, resting over his waist where they'd stay all night, curved together, caught together, chests rising and falling as one. Remus had had his share of drunken fumbles, but it had been years since he'd gone home with a stranger, much less woken up in their bed. Whenever he had done so in the past, he'd always slip out in the morning before the sun was fully up, maybe leaving a note, maybe not. But it was never like this, sleeping wrapped up in someone all night, waking to weak rays of sunlight across his face and the press of sweet, 
soft kisses to the back of his bare shoulders. It was so at odds with the fast, feral need of the night before and a little jarring, but perfect somehow. Good morning, Sirius whispered with a soft smile as Remus rolled over to look at him. Fuck, you're even more gorgeous in the daylight. Remus frowned a little at the strangeness of Sirius's words. Remus didn't think himself unattractive, but Sirius was celestial radiance personified, more beautiful now, somehow, than the night before, with his arching eyebrows and full lips and sharp cheekbones. And yet here he was, raking his eyes over Remus's face as though it, too, was something worthy of worship. Remus blinked in surprise, and his breath caught in his throat as Sirius's gentle hand brushed over his forehead, through his hair. In the light of day, Remus was more self-conscious than he had been in the dark, and was suddenly aware of the strands of gray streak through his tawny curls as Sirius tugged his fingers through them affectionately. He thought, too, of the fine lines around his eyes that didn't quite smooth anymore, even when he wasn't smiling. Because Sirius, he noticed now, was young, or at least younger than Remus. Remus was sure Sirius would notice, too, now that it was morning. He searched Sirius's face for regret which was silly, considering he'd probably never see Sirius again, but didn't find any. Even so, Remus's heart already hurt a little with the knowledge that this would all be over soon. Sirius was wild and young, living above a downtown club, swaggering around in leather and loud laughter, dragging strangers into his bed, and Remus, well, wasn't. You are, too, Remus replied anyhow, a little shakily. Gorgeous, I mean. Sirius's face broke into a bright, delighted grin. He surged forward across the pillow and kissed Remus soundly with a hand to his cheek and a smile curving across his lips. Hmm. He hummed happily, pulling away with his eyes still closed, then leaning forward again for one more quick kiss, as though he couldn't resist. I think I'll keep you. What do you like for breakfast? I'm an excellent cook. I could make pancakes, French toast, scrambled eggs, bacon. Oh, oh, I don't know how much time you have, but I make an excellent eggs benedict. My hollandaise is to die for. Remus didn't answer right away. He was too busy being stunned into silence by the strange puzzle that was serious. He was so easy and open, so unlike other hookups that mumbled awkwardly in the morning that this was nice or we should do it again sometime, eager to get this stranger out of their house. Or I could just make you coffee. Sirius added, a little pink flush creeping over his cheeks, and oh, oh, he was embarrassed. Remus tried to recover. I'd love eggs, Benedict, he said quickly. And coffee, can I do anything to help? Nope, Sirius said, a relieved happiness washing over his face. Just come hang out in the kitchen and look astonishingly handsome, okay. He pressed another kiss to Remus's cheek and hopped out of bed with a vigor that should not have been possible given their activities of the night before. Sirius reminded him of an excited puppy who was thrilled to have his person home, and it was, well, it was damned adorable, really, and Remus marveled at the fact that someone so devastatingly, wickedly, potently, dangerously gorgeous could also be so fucking cute. Sirius tossed Remus a pair of shorts from a drawer, then looked at him expectantly clad only in black boxers that sat low on his hips, and he was breathtaking, literally. Remus could barely catch his breath for how beautiful he was, and sweet as hell on top of it. 
Then Sirius shot him that intoxicating grin, and Remus was just about done for. Coming, he asked, and Remus's heart thudded in his chest as he nodded, returning Sirius's unguarded smile with one of his own. Oh, be careful, Lupin. This one really could ruin him. But he followed Sirius down the hallway and into the kitchen anyhow, settling onto a stool to watch him in awe. He moved around the kitchen with an easy grace, cracking eggs one-handed into boiling water, whisking melted butter, mincing chives, and doing it all shirtless, telling jokes and stories, pausing his chatter and work every so often to give Remus a quick kiss. He poured Remus coffee and kissed him again, and then again. God, you're just irresistible, you know that, he said once, draping his arms over Remus's shoulders, and Remus felt like he was in a waking dream. Remus brought his fingers to Sirius's beautiful neck, dragging his thumb over the hollows of his throat to push his silky black hair away and press a kiss to the stubbly hinge of his jaw. At this Sirius actually whimpered, clutching Remus's bare bicep and melting against him helplessly. You will be the death of me, I think, he whispered before tearing himself away with a half-hard cock tenting his boxers and a half-cooked hollandaise threatening to curdle on the stove. Sirius, Remus learned, was a painter, whose large-scale murals had been commissioned by everyone from the Metropolitan Museum of Art to Richard Branson but who had a soft spot for outdoor works that brought public art to places that might otherwise never have it. I like working for children's hospitals, and I love working on inner-city neighborhood projects, Sirius said, pausing his cooking to tie up his hair in a loose bun, and Remus's pulse quickened at the sight of the dark bruises painting his neck. I once did a month-long project across the street from a primary school, and by the end of it, I'd recruited half the kids and teachers to help, Sirius said. They all signed their names at the bottom, too. It was great. That's so cool, Remus said. What did it look like? It was an abstract flower kind of thing. A big, bright blossom growing out of someone's head in an Alice in Wonderland kind of garden, you know. The kids added little grass and flowers and bugs to the bottom, all around the edges, anywhere they could reach, really. It looked like a weird, acid trip dream by the end. It's still one of my favorite pieces. Sirius smiled at the memory and tipped his head toward Remus. It's right in town, he said, almost shyly. Maybe I could show you sometime. Yeah, I'd love that, Remus said, more softly than he meant to. He pictured Sirius surrounded by a swarm of kids, all eagerly clutching paintbrushes and watching him direct a colorful, untamed symphony of paint and joy. Somehow, he imagined that kids would really love Sirius and the thought did something squirmy and warm to his insides. Do you, um, like kids? Remus asked hesitantly, running his finger along the rim of his coffee cup and trying not to look too interested in the answer. I love them, Sirius said, and Remus breathed a sigh of relief he didn't even know he'd been holding. I'm kind of a kid whisperer, actually. I have a five-year-old godson. His name is Harry, and I think he might like me more than he likes his parents. Sirius gloated a little at this, preened really, and Remus laughed. Damn, he was just lovely. Sirius wanted to know everything about Remus, too, and he was so easy to talk to, so Remus told him all about his work teaching classics and literature at the university, which books his students were reading, funny stories about his colleagues, and even about the little empanada card on campus that he loved but never went to because it was too far away. 
He opened up even more, too, telling Sirius about his childhood in Wales, and how tales of fairy folk and spirits shaped his love of storytelling and legend. Sometimes, when I visit my mum, I still like to walk by myself in the woods early in the morning, just as the sun crests the horizon, Remus said, letting himself picture the gauzy, glittering scene in his mind. If you get there at the right time, you can almost see the sprites dancing in the rolling heather where the golden sunlight shines through the rising mist like tiny diamonds. It's beautiful, especially in late summer, when the new flowers have bloomed and the moors look like a soft blanket of dusty purple and moss green. Remus looked up to see Sirius watching him intently, his lips parted slightly. What? Remus asked with a self-conscious little laugh rubbing his hand against the back of his neck, which prickled under Sirius's heavy gaze. You always talk like that, Sirius asked in a dreamy voice. What, like a nerd? No, like, like poetry. Sirius, please, Remus laughed, but Sirius just shook his head. I mean it, Remus. God, you must be the hottest fucking professor ever. How can anyone pay attention in your class? Sirius mused. I bet every student is getting off to the thought of you every night. I know I would have done. I doubt that. Remus laughed again, although now that he considered it, it wasn't all that unusual for a student to appear in his office looking for a bit more than homework help. No, they do. Sirius exclaimed, pointing his whisk at Remus with a naughty smile. I can tell by the look on your face. They're lusting after you, and you know it. Some have been known to ask for extra credit. On occasion, Remus admitted, his cheeks burning, and Sirius threw his head back and laughed in that open, unguarded way of his. I fucking knew it. Professor. What's your last name, anyhow? Lupin. Professor Wolf Wolf. Sirius gaped. No wonder you teach classics. I truly had no choice, Remus agreed. Well, maybe the mythology of Canis Major can be part of your studies, Professor. Sirius purred and just hearing the word professor on Sirius's lips made Remus's spine start to melt all over again. Perhaps you can start tutoring me after breakfast. Sirius's eggs Benedict truly was spectacular, but not quite as spectacular as the way Sirius looked on his knees in the shower after breakfast, his lips wrapped worshipfully around Remus's cock as water rippled down his face and chest, or as spectacular as the way Remus's orgasm rocked through his body pulsing down Sirius's eager throat. Sirius licked his lips as Remus pulled him to his feet, and tasted himself on Sirius's tongue, opening their mouths into a messy, hungry kiss and pumping Sirius's aching cock in a soap-slippery fist only a few times before he spilled, hot and fast, against Remus's thigh. They stood kissing and touching each other under the hot water for a very long time, until the entire bathroom was steamy and drips of water rolled down the mirror and walls. After, Sirius wrapped Remus in a huge, plush towel that was so big it was practically a blanket, and kissed his chest reverently while running his hands up and down his arms, drying him off. It was heaven. Heaven in a small bathroom. Remus moved through Sirius's flat some time later, trying to locate his clothes that he'd shucked off the night before, when his phone buzzed from the floor in the pocket of his trousers. Hey. Any chance you can take Daphne this afternoon? I got called into work last minute. Sure, what time? Can I drop her at your house at four o'clock? 
No problem. Thanks a million. See you then. Remus pulled his trousers on and slid the phone back into his pocket. I should probably get going, Remus said as he bent over to pick up his shirt from the floor at the foot of Sirius's bed. I wish you didn't have to, Sirius said from the bed, where he was splayed out, totally naked, with his arms folded behind his head and his still damp hair cascading over the pillows. He had been watching Remus get dressed, admiring, really, Remus realized, up until that point. I wish I didn't have to, either, Remus admitted, but I need to get home. Family thing. A guilty little twinge twisted his stomach at this, but he didn't say anything else. He shouldn't, especially if this would only be a one-time thing. Sirius swung his long legs off the bed, then stood up and crossed the room to where Remus was reluctantly lifting his shirt over his head. He stilled Remus's hand and gently pulled the shirt away. I think it goes without saying, Sirius murmured, pressing his hands to Remus's bare chest and kissing up his neck. That I'd really like to see you again. Remus was disarmed yet again. Sirius was so open and honest, never attempting to hide his emotions or thoughts, not trying to be cool or aloof, but saying exactly what he wanted to say, right when he wanted to say it. It was a breath of fresh air, and Remus hoped it was genuine. He slid his hand up the back of Sirius's neck, threading his fingers through his hair and scratching gently against his scalp. I'd really like that, too, he said, watching Sirius's eyelids drop shut for a moment before fluttering back open. I've had a wonderful time with you. He leaned down to kiss Sirius once more, and it was languid and unhurried, sweet, like warm, dripping honey. When they finally broke apart, Sirius smiled at him softly then took Remus's t-shirt out of his hands to pull it over his head for him. He did the same with Remus's cardigan, which Sirius had found on the floor in the hallway outside his flat door. Your silly, sexy jumper, Professor, Sirius said quietly, pulling the thick wool over Remus's arms. It swallows you up. Glad I found out what was underneath. I'm glad you did, too. Remus kissed Sirius goodbye at the door, cradling his jaw gently. But even then, he couldn't help wondering if he would ever hear from Sirius again. Even if he didn't, though, he knew he'd remember this golden, perfect night for the rest of his life, and he wanted to tuck away little bits of Sirius inside his heart to think of later, just in case. The next afternoon, Remus got off the elevator on the tenth floor of the Humanities Building when he heard an unnatural amount of chatter coming from the direction of his office and nearly collided with three tittering girls. Oops, sorry professor, one of them said a little breathlessly. Another burst into giggles at the sight of him and whispered something into her friend's ear. I know, one down the hall and one here, the other replied, looking Remus up and down as they passed. It's like Christmas. I wonder if the other guy goes here, Remus heard one of them say as they retreated away down the hall. Before Remus had time to wonder what the girls were on about, he rounded the corner and saw the source of their excited chatter. Sirius was sitting in a vinyl chair just outside Remus's office, his long legs clad in tight black jeans and stretched out far enough that someone would need to step over him if they wanted to walk by. He was wearing his leather jacket over a white t-shirt, and his hair pulled into a messy bun. He looked obscenely good. Remus couldn't believe it, Sirius, here. 
and his stomach swooped into a nervous happy knot. Professor Lupin, Sirius said cheerfully when he saw Remus walking toward him. Sirius, hi, Remus replied unable to hide his happy surprise. What are you doing here? I come bearing sustenance, he said, reaching under his chair for a brown paper bag with grease stains on the bottom. Empanadas. I didn't know what you liked, so I got meat and vegetarian, just in case. But how? Well, I was thinking about you, because I haven't stopped thinking about you since yesterday, and I was in the neighborhood for a meeting, so I thought I'd pop by. Then I remembered how you said you love the empanada cart on Park Crescent but you never go because it's all the way across campus and you never have time, so I looked up your office hours, and here I am. It took Remus a moment to gather himself after this onslaught of, frankly, shocking information. Sirius hadn't stopped thinking about him. He remembered that Remus liked the on-campus empanada cart. And now he was here. I hope you don't mind, Sirius added. If you're too busy. No, Remus interrupted. I've got all afternoon, actually. My classes are finished for the day, and I don't have any student appointments. I was just going to do paperwork in case anyone wandered in looking for me during my office hours. Well, look at that. I wandered in. My plan worked. That it did, Remus agreed. He looked at Sirius wonderingly. I can't believe you remembered the empanada cart. You said it. Of course I remember it. They settled in at Remus's desk. Remus in his leather swivel chair and Sirius in one of the ancient tatty ones on the other side. It was ugly and outdated with little tears at the edges of the decades-old fabric, and looked especially decrepit next to Sirius, who was so beautiful and pristine. Remus could relate, he thought, watching Sirius pull folded paper plates and napkins out of the bag before serving up the empanadas. Thank you for this, Remus said. It's so thoughtful of you. Just a thin excuse to see you, really. Not a vegetarian, then, Sirius asked, as Remus reached for a meat one. No, but I love the vegetable ones, too, he said, and took a bite. It was piping hot, greasy, salty, and so, so good. Oh my god, Sirius said through a mouthful. This is amazing. I told you, Remus nodded. They make the dough from scratch every morning and cook all day until they run out. They make dessert ones, too. Oh yum, we'll have to get those next time. Next time. Wow okay. Sirius wanted there to be a next time. Another next time. You caused quite the commotion sitting outside my office. Remus said through another bite. Oh yeah. In what way? Sirius asked, but Remus didn't answer. The words were stuck in his brain, halted by the sight of Sirius licking the greasy crumbs off his fingertips. Remus was transfixed by the way his fingers dragged across his lips and tongue. And I thought I was distractible. Sirius smirked, wickedly aware of the effect he was having. He reached across the desk, grabbed Remus by the wrist, and drew one of his fingers into his mouth, taking it deep down his throat and sucking hard before pulling it out slowly. Anyhow. Sirius said innocently, helping himself to another empanada. You were saying. Remus wasn't aware of having said anything at all, really. He wasn't aware that he could still make words. Was I? Remus asked. Something about me. Sirius reminded him innocently. Causing a commotion. Oh, right. Yes, there were these girls. They seemed quite taken with you. Ha. Huh. 
Sirius replied, apparently unmoved by this information. They, um, wondered whether you were a student. A student? Sirius laughed. I think I'm a little old for that. Actually, that's not true. I'm a hearty advocate of lifelong learning, and I support education at any age. Yeah, good, me too. Remus nodded. He hesitated as he looked at Sirius again. Now was his chance. So um, how old are you, then? If you don't mind me asking. 33. Oh, Remus said. That's a relief. Sirius laughed a little. Why? How old are you? You can't be much older than me. Not that I would care if you were. You wouldn't? No, of course not. All right, well, I'm 42. A very sexy age, Sirius said, looking Remus up and down lasciviously. How old did you think I was? I don't know, but I was afraid you were in your twenties, Remus confessed. How could you think that? Sirius asked with mock outrage. I have a gray hair. Just the one, Remus laughed. Yes, well, I'm hoping for more soon, but I need to keep this one safe in the meantime. Sirius replied, patting the left side of his head affectionately. Why on earth would you hope for more? Because graying hair is incredibly fucking sexy. Sirius replied, as though this should have been obvious. I'm glad you think so, Remus said, gesturing to his own head. Oh, think so, Sirius said in a low voice, and Remus felt the back of his neck heat up again. Fuck, he felt like a teenager. He'd never, ever been affected like this by anyone before. But if I had been in my twenties, Sirius continued, would that have been so bad? Remus considered this question for a moment. He wasn't sure how to answer. He'd known Sirius for less than 48 hours, and he'd had bad experiences in the past. Hence his two-week rule. You're all squinched, Sirius said, interrupting his thoughts. Hem. Your eyebrows, Sirius said, pointing at Remus's forehead. They're all squinched together like you're worried about something. Are you worried about something? Yes, Remus wanted to say. Yes, he was worried about something. He was worried about his good sense being eclipsed by this beautiful, heart-stopping supernova in his office. He was worried about liking Sirius too much, of opening his heart, of falling. I'm just happy you're here, Remus said finally. I wasn't sure if I'd hear from you. Why not? Sirius asked, his face open and genuinely wondering. I told you how much I wanted to see you again. But that's the thing, Remus said, shaking his head fondly, unable to tear his gaze away from Sirius's beautiful face. Usually when people say stuff like that they don't really mean it. But you mean everything you say. I've never met anyone like you. Wow. It really means a lot to me that you notice that, Sirius said, looking at Remus in amazement and giving him a soft smile that was impossibly tender. So tender that it tugged at Remus's heart a little. A lot. I do mean everything I say. Sirius continued. I'm very intentional about it, actually. Oh, is there a reason? I grew up in a really abusive home. Sirius said it in a way that was sterile and matter-of-fact, but Remus's chest still contracted painfully to hear it. His mind flashed to Sirius as a little boy, imagining him small and defenseless, just as sweet and kind as he was now, and he felt a mix of rage, sorrow and protectiveness at the thought that anyone would ever hurt him. Remus could never imagine hurting his own child, and couldn't fathom the kind of person who would.
He reached across the desk to take Sirius's hand, surprising himself a little. It was a gesture that he normally would have reserved for his family and closest friends, but he did it almost instinctively. Sirius made closeness so easy. Sirius squeezed Remus's hand in gratitude and continued. I'll spare you the details because we are enjoying empanadas, and I need hard liquor to properly tell the stories, Sirius said with a wry smile. But suffice it to say, everything that happened on the inside of that house was a secret and everything that happened on the outside was for show. And when I finally got away, I swore that I would never live like that again. I've been in therapy for 17 years, and I like to think I'm a relatively healthy and well-adjusted person, considering. But if there is one area where I have, perhaps, overcompensated, it's in my absolute disdain for secrets. They're poison. They corrode your soul. So I tell the truth, whenever and wherever I can. And maybe it's a little off-putting for some people, but I find that it's easier and cleaner. It's a relief to live like that. Hiding things is too much work, and people always find out the truth eventually, anyhow. Remus's stomach twisted guiltily. He wasn't sure what to say. He was keeping something from Sirius right now. Something huge. But it wasn't a secret, not really. It couldn't be. It was Remus's life, and he loved it, every part of it. But still, his two-week rule was in place for a reason. It was early days still with Sirius, and there was a big difference between keeping secrets and protecting your heart. I hate that it came from something so painful, Remus said, but I really admire that. I think it's a beautiful way to live. Beautiful? Sirius repeated with a laugh. Hardly. It's probably just some fucked up coping mechanism. But it certainly separates the wheat from the chaff when it comes to deciding who I want to spend time with. I'd imagine so, Remus said quietly, not quite meeting Sirius's eye. Now I have a question for you, Sirius asked, leaning forward in his chair, his eyes gleaming and his lips quirking into a naughty half-grin. Have you ever fucked anyone over your desk, Professor? A little over a week later, Remus's phone buzzed with a text during one of his classes while his students were sitting for an exam. He opened the message, only to slam his phone face down on the desk, his mouth dry and his heart pounding. Several students looked up, but Remus only gave them a tight smile, hoping they didn't notice that his face and neck had flushed bright red. He waited until they were all focused on their exams again then stealthily flipped his phone over to find a photo of Sirius, standing in a full-length mirror and wearing nothing but a pair of obscenely tight, white briefs and grasping an enormous hard-on through the fabric. His whole body was paint-splattered and his hair was pulled into a high bun with loose strands falling around his face. Among the streaks of paint were lovely marks on his legs, shoulders, and neck, all in various shades of purple and red as they faded in the days after Remus put them there. Just doing a project in my studio and thinking of you. Remus smiled and shifted in his chair, grateful that he was sitting behind a desk. He glanced up at his class again before typing out a reply. Do you always paint half naked? Only when I'm hoping you'll come over soon. Remus opened his calendar. He had one more class after this, then a reminder to pick up Daphne from playgroup. I can't get away until this evening. Will you be free? I'll bring dinner. Sounds perfect. Come to the loft. Sure. 
Can't wait. Me too, XO. They'd seen each other several more times since the day Sirius brought Remus empanadas, and got railed over Remus's desk, and texted almost constantly, too. It had been little over a week since they'd met, and they'd already spent the night together more often than not. They'd opened up to each other in ways Remus had never dreamed of, too. One night there was this, a shared bottle of wine, while they were sprawled on Sirius's living room floor with a late-night television infomercial playing in the background. When did you leave? Remus whispered into Sirius's neck. When I was sixteen. Where did you go? My best friend James's house. I had to take a bus, and I didn't have any money, but I persuaded the bus driver to let me on anyhow. I thought it was because I was so charming, but I realized later it's because I had a black eye and a half-empty backpack. Remus propped himself up on his elbow and brushed Sirius's hair behind his ear, just for an excuse to touch him. I know it was a long time ago, Remus said, but I'm so proud of you. You were so brave to do that. And as a kid, that's incredible. Yeah, Sirius asked in a small voice, suddenly that terrified, unsure sixteen-year-old again, and Remus's heart lurched. He knew what it was like to be scared and drowning at sixteen. Yes, incredible. Another time there was this, sitting on Sirius's balcony with cups of coffee at sunrise because they'd stayed up all night talking and didn't realize what time it was until the sky started to lighten. When was the last time you pulled an all-nighter? Sirius asked. For a reason other than anxiety and existential dread. Remus laughed. Probably about ten years ago. I went to a Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight screening and then to a party afterwards that I probably should have regretted the next day but absolutely didn't. Oh. Do tell. Well, I'll put it this way. Remus said. I dressed up as Brad, and then followed Brad's plot line, if you know what I mean. Oh my god, Remus, you fucked a Frank inferter. Sirius asked with a gleeful snort. That I did. Remus nodded then startled a little when Sirius dove for his phone. What are you doing? I'm ordering a corset, fishnets, and garters on Amazon. Sirius said. We are staging a reenactment ASAP. Remus laughed, but also felt his dick immediately start to show interest. Sirius in that outfit. He might not survive. Don't forget the red lipstick, Remus said, but Sirius just gave him a sultry smirk. Don't worry babe, I already have that. There was this too, they were in Sirius's dark bedroom and lying the wrong way in his bed, with Remus's head resting on Sirius's hip, while Sirius quietly ran his fingers through his hair in long, soothing strokes. My father left my mother and me when I was a baby, Remus said. He'd occasionally send birthday presents months late, when he won big at the track or something. But mostly I never heard from him. I knew from other family members that he was alive, but that's about it. It was just me and my mum. And she did everything. Worked two jobs, put me through university by herself, made dinner every single night, no matter how tired she was. I think she was trying to love me enough for both of them. Did it work? Sirius asked his hand finding Remus's and pulling it to his lips for a kiss. Most of the time, Remus replied. But now I feel guilty about the strangest things sometimes. Like, he sent me a little stuffed monkey once. 
It was cheap, the kind of toy you'd win at a carnival or in a claw machine or something. But I treasured that thing like it was priceless gold. I carried it around with me everywhere I went, I slept with it, I wouldn't let it out of my sight. And I wonder now if my mother looked at that stupid toy and ever felt resentful in any way. She was busting her ass all the time, and here I was, clinging to whatever scrap of affection I got from him, instead. Sirius was quiet for a moment before answering. Well maybe, he said softly. She knew that you didn't have to cling to the things she gave you because you never had to worry they'd be taken away. There was no scarcity of love with her, so you didn't need to hoard it. I bet she was grateful for that, Remus. You think so? Yeah, I do. I know I was grateful when I found that for the first time. How did you find it? James and his parents. They just. Loved me. Their love wasn't something that I had to earn. They just gave it to me, and I couldn't lose it, no matter what I did. And I did some shit, trying to push every boundary and find every breaking point. There were consequences, but losing their love was never one of them. It took me a long time to learn that love and affection could be an infinite resource. It wasn't something that had to be meted out or withheld as a reward or punishment. You could just love and be loved because you existed. That's what unconditional love really means. There are no conditions, no prerequisites. It's there all the time, the infinitum. There was also this, holding hands in front of the mural Sirius painted with the kids and their teachers. It was a riot of color, flowers and bees, butterflies and leaves, dandelion wisps and dragonflies all swirling around a central image of a young girl with a pink Gerbera daisy blossoming out of the crown of her head. It's incredible, Remus said, staring at the extraordinary image splashed across the brick wall. How did you think of something like this? I dreamed of a seed planted in a brain that grew into a flower, Sirius replied. And then I woke up obsessed with the thought that an idea was like a seed hidden in your head that no one can see. No one knows it exists except you. But if you feed it and water it and nurture it, it eventually grows into something beautiful that everyone can experience. All of a sudden your seed, your idea, becomes something else, something with a beautiful life all its own. And that's just kind of magic, isn't it? Across the street, the school bell rang and the primary school doors burst open and Remus kissed Sirius right there on the sidewalk, not even hearing the crowd of running, chattering children that streamed out of the building. He kissed him because he wanted to and needed to, and Sirius kissed him back, fully and unafraid. You're a kind of magic, Sirius, Remus said. It's you. It was all wonderful, but also a little scary. Remus wasn't sure he'd ever felt this way about anyone else and he could feel himself falling hard and fast. He'd always kept his heart so carefully guarded, and for good reason. But with Sirius, he felt safe already. He worried that it was too good to be true, and kept trying to warn himself not to get too carried away, especially since it could so easily end in heartbreak. Somehow, though, all his warnings were falling on deaf ears. He found it hard to worry about anything when Sirius was in his arms. A few hours later, after his last class, Remus was knocking on the heavy metal door of Sirius's loft studio. It was a cavernous place that took up the entire top floor of Sirius's block of flats. What Sirius had failed to mention the night they met was that he didn't just live above the club. He owned the entire building. Hello, gorgeous, Sirius said with a huge smile, sliding open the loft door and pulling him immediately into a kiss. 
Sirius was wearing a loosely tied black silk bathrobe and a messy bun. Remus answered the kiss immediately, feeling heat and happiness zipping up his spine as he slid the hand that wasn't holding the takeaway bag inside Sirius's robe and wrapped it around his bare waist. He was just about to reach for the bathrobe tie to open it fully when he heard small running footsteps. Padfoot, you're supposed to be Batman. Sirius laughed against Remus's lips and turned around. Sorry, Harry, Sirius said to a little boy with messy black hair and glasses. I need to turn back into Bruce Wayne now. My friend is visiting me tonight. But I'm your friend, the little boy said with a frown. Different kind of friend, pal. Another man's laughing voice said, and Remus looked over Sirius's shoulder to see a man who could only be the boy's father striding along in his wake, hoisting a backpack over his shoulder as he approached. He looked exactly like the little boy but bigger, with the same messy black hair, glasses, and chestnut brown skin. Remus, the man said with a grin. I mean, I assume it's Remus, unless you greet the takeaway driver like that, Pads. Funny. Sirius said, leaning into Remus's embrace. Remus, meet James Potter, my best mate and surrogate brother, who was just leaving. It's nice to meet you, Remus said, blushing a little as he pulled his arm out of Sirius's bathrobe so he could shake James's hand. We weren't leaving. We were. The little boy interjected before Sirius put a playful hand over his mouth. And this my precocious godson, Harry, Sirius said over Harry's muffled, laughing screams. He's five years old, and ah. Sirius yelped and yanked his hand away as Harry doubled over with laughter. Ew. Did you lick my hand? Sirius cried in mock outrage. Harry nodded and fell onto the floor laughing uncontrollably. Get over here, I'm going to lick yours. Harry scrambled off the floor, but he wasn't quick enough. Sirius scooped him up, grabbed his hand and licked it from wrist to finger while Harry screamed with horrified delight. Part dog, this one, James called over the tumult, taking Harry from Sirius and holding him sideways under one arm while he squirmed and squealed. Remus, it was nice meeting you, I'm sure I'll see you again sometime when Sirius is fully dressed and I don't have a feral child to drag home. I hope so, Remus laughed. Do you need help with anything? If you could get the door, that would be splendid. James said. Thanks, mate. Remus put the takeaway bag down and slid the heavy metal door sideways to let them out. Until next time, boys, James said. Bye, Padfoot. Bye, Padfoot's different kind of friend. Harry called as they stepped into the lift, and Remus and Sirius both burst out laughing. So that's James and Harry, Sirius said, sliding the door shut again. How are your eardrums? Fine, I'm used to it, Remus said without thinking, then added quickly. Lots of kids in my family. Good, because they're around a lot, Sirius said, picking up the takeaway bag and taking Remus by the hand to drag him further into the loft. I actually think you and James's wife would get along brilliantly. You're both a bit quiet. Until you're not. Well, you're the one who makes me not quiet. Remus laughed, following Sirius through the vast, industrial-style loft which had high cathedral ceilings, exposed brick walls, and towering, floor-to-ceiling windows that allowed the place to be flooded with natural light during the day. It was the perfect place to paint, 
and Sirius had even had an oversized lift installed to accommodate his works and materials coming in and out. I wanted to show you what I've been working on, Sirius said, leading Remus to the far corner of his studio where a small canvas was set up on an easel in the corner. Unlike his usual works, which were huge abstract pieces with bright, riotous colors and exuberant brushstrokes, this one was small and quiet, filled with muted greens, soft purples, and a hushed kind magic. Oh my god, Remus gasped when he got close enough to realize what he was looking at. It was a rolling field of heather at sunrise, ringed with thick woodlands and covered in a glittery, golden mist that hovered over the hills. It looked so real, Remus could almost feel the damp, cloud-like air on his face. He stepped closer and studied the painting for another moment before seeing something that took his breath away. There, dancing in delicate wisps within the sparkling vapor, was the barest hint of two willowy, frolicking sprites, nearly translucent as they arched and spun, barefoot, over the blossoms. It was so close to Remus's imagination that he felt as though Sirius had crawled into his brain and painted his memories and thoughts. Do you like it? Sirius asked quietly, his hand coming to rest on Remus's lower back. Oh, Sirius. Remus breathed, staring in disbelief at the otherworldly scene. I love it. It's beautiful. The way you described Wales was so incredible, I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. So I thought I'd put it on canvas instead. Remus turned to look at him then, really look at him for the first time since he arrived. His robe was mostly open now, revealing his broad shoulders, curving neck and firm, tattooed chest. He had a dark shadow of stubble over his sharp jaw and his hair fell in little wisps around his face and neck. But for all of that incredible, perfect beauty, what Remus couldn't look away from were his eyes, which were soft and reverent, searching Remus's with an open vulnerability that Remus had never seen before. Too many feelings were bubbling up in Remus's heart, too many for him to know what to do with. So instead, Remus kissed him. He kissed Sirius with a breathless fire that burned inside his chest, burning so hot he thought he would burst open with it. He wrapped one hand around the back of his neck and slid the other inside his robe, letting it fall open as he pulled him close. A small, desperate sort of sound escaped Sirius's throat as their bodies met, and Remus thought he felt Sirius's knees weaken under him slightly. It didn't matter. Remus would hold him up, hold him close, hold him steady forever, he thought wildly. Remus tightened his grip on Sirius and pulled him even closer, before pushing the silky robe off his shoulders. It fell to the floor in a ribbony heap around their feet and Remus ran his hands over Sirius's body, feeling goosebumps erupt underneath his fingers. Sirius's cock was hard and straining, leaving a quickly growing wet spot on his tight, white briefs, and Remus wanted to worship him. He dropped to his knees and mouthed over the damp fabric before releasing his cock, which bobbed thick and heavy right into Remus's mouth. He licked over the silky, sensitive head in the way he knew Sirius loved, teasing and lapping, flicking his tongue, running it in soft, wet circles, sucking Sirius tightly between his lips, then pulling off again. Sirius fisted Remus's hair, making delicious, desperate sounds that spurred Remus on. Oh fuck. Remus, please, Sirius whimpered, and Remus dragged his mouth to his inner thigh, wrapping his hand around Sirius's cock and pumping slowly while sucking a bruising kiss onto his skin. Tell me what you want, Remus breathed against Sirius's leg. 
I'll give you anything you want. I want. Sirius started, before choking on the words, torn between emotion and the feeling of remiss between his legs. I want you to make love to me. Sirius's voice shook as he asked. Remus looked up from where he knelt. Sirius was watching him with wide-blown pupils and a hungry, almost reckless expression. Remus felt as though he was praying, and in Sirius, he'd gotten his answer. Remus was gentle, impossibly gentle, and slow. He took his time and moved carefully, charting the lines and curves of Sirius's body like a cartographer, cataloging every whimper, marking every trembling cry. Right here, at the curving dip of Sirius's throat, was where Remus's sliding lips sent chills rippling across his shoulders. There, against Sirius's nipples, was where Remus's dragging fingernails made his back arch upwards, inviting teeth and tongue and twisting fingers. Here, on the soft skin of Sirius's inner thigh, was where Remus's teeth made the breath whoosh out of Sirius's lungs. This spot here, deep between his legs, was where Remus's tongue pulled moans from the depths of Sirius's chest. This was the place where Remus's long, clever fingers slid in and out, curving upward, stroking the spot inside him that sent jolts of pleasure surging through his body, making his spine curve and his mouth fall open. And when Remus finally pushed inside him, stretching him wide and filling him deeply, Sirius was in pieces, delicately pulled apart, thread by thread. Remus moved, and Sirius clung to him, holding on tight, moaning incoherently, unable to speak or move or do anything but allow pleasure to eclipse his senses. He came with Remus's hand wrapped around his cock, and tears leaking out of the corners of his eyes, and he laughed weakly when Remus pulled out and came across his chest, hot and messy and wet. Remus kissed and crawled up his body and licked into his mouth, and Sirius laughed and cried some more. Remus moved to get up, to get a cloth to clean them, but Sirius stilled him with a touch of fingers to his wrist. Stay with me, Sirius said, his voice trembling, his hands grasping at Remus's arms. Hold me. Don't let me go. I won't. I promise. Remus spent the night with Sirius yet again, but when he awoke, he felt profoundly different, as though something in his heart had shifted. He rolled over and looked at Sirius whose face was soft and lovely as he slept, and his brain finally realized something that his heart had already guessed. His two-week rule would have to be broken. Even saying the words two-week rule sounded ridiculous and stupid right now. When it came to Sirius, there were no rules. Remus pressed a soft kiss to Sirius's bare chest and Sirius reached for him without really waking up, pulling him close as they nested under the soft covers together. Remus listened to Sirius's heartbeat, felt the rise and fall of his chest underneath him, and closed his eyes, caught in that liminal space between profound joy and fear. For all their long conversations, their beautiful truths, there were things, big things, huge pieces of himself, that Remus was holding back. Now he was falling in love, falling fast, and he couldn't fall any further without being honest. But honesty would have to wait. Sirius had an early meeting with a potential new client, and he had to be out of the house by eight o'clock. I'm not built for early mornings, Remus, Sirius said as he ran around his flat looking for his good tie. Remus, meanwhile, had already been up for two hours, had three cups of tea, answered thirteen emails, 
and finished the New York Times crossword, not to mention made serious coffee and toast, which he fed him slowly and carefully, holding it out towards Sirius's open mouth for him to take a bite of every time he ran by half-dressed. Finally, Sirius emerged wearing a trim-fitting gray button-down, dark tie, and dark trousers. His silky black hair fell effortlessly in beautiful waves over his shoulders and dark stubble shadowed his face and jaw. He looked fucking delectable. Thank you, Sirius said, taking the last bite of toast from Remus's fingers and pressing a kiss to them, too. Fuck, what would I do without you? Remus considered this. He wanted to tell Sirius that he hoped he'd never find out the answer to that question. He wanted to tell Sirius that he hoped to make him coffee and feed him toast by hand every morning. He wanted to pull Sirius into his arms and tell him everything he'd been holding back, everything he dreamed of and feared. He wanted to open his whole heart, lay it out raw and vulnerable, break it open and set it at Sirius's feet like an offering. But he didn't. Instead, he ran a hand down Sirius's tie, smoothed it straight for him, and brought his hand to Sirius's cheek. Instead, he closed his eyes and kissed him, leaned their foreheads together, and breathed him in. Good luck today, he said, hoping Sirius couldn't hear the bleeding tinge of sadness in his voice. What if this was their last morning together? Thanks, Sirius said, leaning forward for one more kiss. Stay as long as you want, don't worry about locking up. See you tonight. Yeah, see you tonight. Remus moved through the rest of his day with his stomach in knots, feeling half distracted through all of his classes, and struggling to focus on anything other than his planned conversation with Sirius that night. By the time he was knocking on Sirius's flat door at seven o'clock, he'd already run through what felt like a dozen possible scenarios, and almost none of them ended well. But he pushed through his fear and worries anyhow. He and Sirius ate sushi together on the couch, and Remus listened to Sirius tell him all about his meeting. That the client loved his concept, and wanted him to start drafting mock sketches right away. That the job would be over the summer, and take about a month. That it wasn't actually in England, but in a city in southern Spain and maybe, would Remus like to come, too, if he didn't have classes? Sirius, I need to tell you something, Remus blurted out and Sirius's eyes shot up from the piece of sushi he was reaching for. Okay. Remus took the chopsticks out of Sirius's hands and set them on the table, then took Sirius's hands in his. It's something I've been wanting to tell you. At first I thought it was too soon, and then I just didn't know how to do it. So I haven't said anything, even though you told me that you hate it when people don't tell the truth. But I haven't been lying to you, Sirius. I just... I didn't tell you something about myself. Something important. And now I really want to tell you. I need to tell you before. I just need to tell you. He stopped his babbling to look up at Sirius, whose face had grown still and pale. What is it? Sirius asked, his voice shaking slightly. Are you? Are you married? Oh, Sirius. No, no, it's nothing like that. What is then? You're starting to scare me. I am, um, Remus said. I have a son. Sirius's face lit up. You do? That's wonderful. Yes, it is, Remus agreed. I love him dearly, but there's a bit more than that. All right, Sirius replied. 
He's 26, Remus said, as in years old. 20, oh, Sirius said, clearly shocked. He blinked a few times before looking up at Remus. Wow, what were you like, 10 when he was born? 16, Remus told him. 16, okay, it's okay, Sirius assured him. It's a surprise, but it's nothing. Oh shit, I haven't slept with him, have I? What? No, I mean, I fucking hope not, Remus said. Fuck, something else for Remus to worry about that hadn't even occurred to him. Anyway, he's straight, Sirius. Oh, thank God, Sirius said, closing his eyes for a moment and putting a hand over his heart. I mean, I have been known to convert a few straight guys, and I've done some weird-ass shit in my life, but father and son is too weird, even for me. So is that it, then? Old son. Well, there's a bit more, too, Remus said with a worried frown. Unless you're too freaked out by the whole adult son thing, in which case, I completely understand and we can just shake hands and... But Sirius didn't let him finish. Instead, he curved his fingers around Remus's jaw and pulled him into a long, slow kiss that Remus sank into immediately, as always. He opened his mouth to allow Sirius's tongue to lick gently into it, and felt himself relaxing against Sirius's body. After a minute, Sirius broke their kiss but didn't pull away. Remus's eyes were still closed as Sirius stroked his cheek gently. We will not be shaking hands, Remus, he whispered against his lips. What's the rest? Sirius released Remus's face and slid his hand down to Remus's chest, pausing for a moment before his eyes widened. Remus, your heart is pounding. Are you really that scared to tell me something? Sirius was looking at him with an expression that was somewhere between pity and sadness, running his hand over his chest in soothing circles. Baby, whatever it is, you can tell me. Okay. Remus nodded and took a deep breath. Okay, I'm a grandpa, Sirius. Sirius looked him up and down, watched his eyes rake over his sweater vest and corduroys with a bemused expression. Remus, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. Sirius laughed. I know you have old man tendencies, and why you choose to hide that gorgeous body underneath ridiculous cardigans with patches on the elbows, I will never know. But you're not even ten years older than me, and I actually think it's rather fetching that you keep your glasses on a chain around your neck, so. No, Remus interrupted him. I mean, I am actually someone's grandfather. There is a small human in the world who. Oh, Sirius said, understanding dawning across his face. You mean? Yeah. But. But how? My son is 26. I had him when I was 16. He had his daughter at a much more respectable, but still far too young if you ask me 23. So that makes me a 42-year-old. Grandfather. Sirius finished for him. Sirius's eyes were wide, and his voice sounded hollow and shell-shocked. Remus had heard that tone in people's voices before. He'd been hearing it in some form or another for 27 years, first from his family and teachers, who were disappointed that such a bright, promising young man could be so careless as to throw his life away by having a baby at 16, then from nearly everyone he dated, or tried to date, ever since. And it had only gotten worse. If no one wanted their boyfriend to have a baby, then they really, really didn't want him to have a grandkid. So yes, Remus had heard that tone before many, many times. 
but hearing it from Sirius was different. Because Sirius was different, and it already hurt more than the others. Yes, Remus agreed solemnly. A forty-two-year-old grandfather. Sirius looked at him again, then frowned. Hey, Hansquinch, Sirius said, running his thumb between Remus's eyebrows, attempting to smooth out the fro there. Remus tried to unsquinch, but it didn't work, and Sirius's face softened. I see you're doing some fretting, Sirius said with a sympathetic smile. Well, yes, Remus replied. I just told you something rather fret-worthy. That you're a grandfather. No, Sirius, that I dream of driving a train. Well, you would look really cute in overalls and a conductor hat. Sirius, please. I just told you something that usually makes people run screaming from me as though I have the plague. And even people who seemed cool with it at first ended up just never calling me again. Sir, I'm asking you for real because I like you more than any of those people put together, and I love my family more than anything. What do you think? Honestly. Yes, honestly, Remus said, bracing himself. Bracing his heart. Please. Well, honestly. Sirius shrugged and gave him a sheepishly naughty grin. I think it's really hot. And I can't wait to tell James that I fucked a grandpa. Oh. I can tell my therapist I fucked a grandpa. I wonder what she'll do with that. Remus looked at Sirius in awe. He was now climbing onto Remus's lap, straddling him on the couch, and dipping his head low to slowly kiss Remus's neck. Tasty grandpa, Sirius murmured. You don't care, Remus asked, pushing Sirius away so they were looking at each other once again. Of course I care, Sirius replied, cupping Remus's face in his hands. I care that there's a kid who loves you because I'd like to meet her and buy her presents. I care that you're worried about this for some reason. But do I care that you have a kid who also has a kid? No. It doesn't matter to me, except for feeding into every inappropriate adolescent fantasy I ever had and apparently still have. Remus didn't say anything. He couldn't. So Sirius continued. What's her name? He asked gently. Your granddaughter. Remus started to speak but found the words momentarily stuck in his throat. Daph, Daphne. Oh, that's cute. Sirius whispered, wordlessly brushing away a tear from Remus's cheek that he hadn't realized had fallen. And what about your son? Teddy, Remus whispered back. Also cute, Sirius said, pressing his lips against Remus's for an airy little kiss. And it, it really doesn't matter to you, Remus asked his voice cracking in a way that should have been embarrassing but somehow wasn't. Well, no, it does matter, actually, because I've been obsessed with you for weeks, and now I think I'm even more obsessed with you. Sirius replied, wiping away yet another tear from Remus's cheek. But I think that's more my problem than yours at this point, so. This time it was Remus's turn to cut Sirius off with a kiss. He wrapped his arms around Sirius's waist and pulled him close. He felt overwhelmed like his heart was swelling with happiness and relief. It bounded inside his chest, trying to burst right out, and the only thing keeping it safely where it belonged was Sirius's body, pressed against him. It was as though a heaviness had lifted, one he didn't realize the full weight of until it was gone. Suddenly, all the things Remus had been holding back came pouring out of him, and Sirius was an eager audience, asking question after question and devouring every story. Remus told Sirius how terrified he had been when Teddy was born. 
He was still a child himself. But they grew up together, learned the world together. It was hard, and Remus was tired all the time, right down to his bones, but was determined to give Teddy the very best life and prove people wrong who said he was throwing his own life away by taking the baby his ex-girlfriend didn't want. Remus told Sirius that he didn't want to ask his mother for too much help because she'd already given him everything, but of course, she wanted to give more and more and more. Remus graduated from secondary school with his almost two-year-old son waving from the bleachers on Remus's mother's lap. Remus went to university and Teddy went, too, staying in the school's nursery during the day with all of Remus's professor's kids and sleeping in Remus's dormitory at night. Remus read to him all the time, from baby books and ancient folklore, nursery rhymes and pages from his dissertation. He told Sirius how Teddy had graduated from primary school the same year Remus got his PhD. Teddy started secondary school, and Remus started teaching, and they were buried in books together, yet again. It was them against the world. But it didn't need to be, not really. Remus was still friendly with Teddy's mother and her now wife, and Teddy was raised with more love than most people get across an entire lifetime. He was raised by a whole village. Teddy was on stage at the club the night Remus met Sirius, playing guitar with the band. Teddy had dragged Remus out that night, saying he needed to get out, maybe meet someone. Who the hell would I meet at a club? Remus laughed. You'd be surprised, Teddy told him. When Remus texted his son the next morning about the developments of the night before, Teddy had written back. Ha, told you, get it, da. Teddy's daughter, Daphne, was three. She had big bright brown eyes and called Remus my Mooney. She thought every song and story about the moon was about him. She sang the cow jumped over the Mooney and made him lay on the floor, where she jumped jump over him, mooing and giggling uncontrollably. She was smitten, and so was he. Can I meet her? Sirius asked a few weeks later. Both of them. I would love that, Remus told him. Remus shouldn't have been surprised that Daphne was obsessed with Sirius. The first time they met, he presented her with a bouquet of pink carnations and a princess crown with a pink jewel in the center, and she was well on her way to adoration. But when she saw that he had actual pictures on his skin, she was head over heels, hook line and sinker, ride or die till the end. Remus and Sirius sat together on the couch at Teddy's flat while he and his girlfriend cleaned up the dinner dishes. Daphne, meanwhile, wasted no time climbing on top of Sirius to get a closer look at his tattoos. She settled sideways on his lap, leaning against his chest with her little legs outstretched on Remus's thighs, her curly brown pigtails bouncing as she moved. What's that? Daphne asked from her cuddle spot, pointing to Sirius's arm in deepest concentration, and Remus didn't think his heart could handle the love that was exploding out of him. That's a paw print, Sirius said. From a doggy. What's a doggy say? Woof, Daphne replied, and pointed to his other arm. What's that? That's a star, Sirius told her. Do you know the song about the star? Twinkle, twinkle. Daphne nodded, and they started to sing together. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle little, little star, how, how I, wonder I wonder what, what you, are. you are. Remus felt his knees go weak, and he was sitting down. You sing beautifully, Sirius told her, and Daphne pointed to his bicep. What's that? That is a moon. It's a brand new picture. A moon? Like my Mooney? That's right. 
you're a smarty pants. I love my mini, Daphne said, and leaned her cheek against Sirius's chest, tracing her tiny finger along the black lines of the crescent moon sleepily. You know what, sweetheart? Sirius said, looking up at Remus softly. I think I do, too. Finite. Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.